Welcome to the Unguardable Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Unguardable Podcast and on Twitter at Unguardable Pod. Uh, Unguardable is back with another team preview. Before this highly anticipated upcoming season starts, the team in focus today is the Dallas Mavericks. They didn't make too many huge changes to the roster, but they did hire a new head coach and Jason Kidd. Uh, what type of impact will he have on the club and what are the realistic expectations for this team? Uh, I have my guest Nakai on again with me What's to problem? discuss this. What, what, you, what you been up to, man? How, how are you feeling about these Mavericks? Hey, so, you know, I'm glad you brought up the new head coach and Jason Kidd because I like that. I like that uh, that swap because we're we're not letting uh we're not letting old boy off the hook. I already forgot his name. What's his name? Carlisle. Uh, yeah, Rick Carlisle. We are not letting Rick Carlisle off the hook. This man has been getting the. 2011 championship Mark Cuban stimulus package for the past 10 years and the reason I'm saying that is because there's no other coach in the NBA who hasn't made it out of the first round in 10 years who's had their job just so secure as he has and he's had some very underwhelming performances these past 10 years and you know I'm not about to sit here and say he's a trash coach because you know I'm, I'm a Celtics fan and in our coaching search this summer, I I wouldn't have mind us picking up him, you know? However, I feel like when you have a generational talent like Luka Doncic, you cannot be messing around, you know? So I think that the swap for... I, I feel like a swap was due. Now, whether, whether or not uh, Jason Kidd is that guy is yet to be seen, but I definitely think Carlisle should have been got up out of there. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I like that. I like that addition for sure. Yeah, uh, Rick Carlisle definitely kind of wore out his welcome. Um, I guess that's kind of just what happens when you win a ring. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You get to, well, unless, you, unless you're uh, coaching the Cavs, you can get ousted like two years later. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, Jason Kidd, he's an interesting... I think that's it's interesting. This is this is the most interesting addition to this team. Um, he didn't have that much success in Milwaukee, but he is responsible for the Giannis that we know today. He he pretty much unlocked the Greek freak, um, but he had some issues with defensive schemes. That and and just his relationship with the, his players. Um, you know, Giannis at the end of, you know, after winning the championship, he said by name, you know, he thanked Jason Kidd. Mm. But even though Jason Kidd and the Chris Middletons didn't have an issue with him, it was the rest of the role players that didn't really, you know, fit with his coaching style. Um, he wasn't able to really, uh, how do you say it? Uh, attach himself to or or uh well how do you say it? how do you put it uh mend that relationship with the players yeah he didn't uh he wasn't able to adapt to the new to the new style of player no. you know it's it, he's he's an old school player that pretty much just got thrown right into the coaching gig immediately after retiring and yeah so i'm curious how that's gonna work i'm pretty sure this is gonna be really good for luca 
um but i'm curious how it's gonna work for kp and the rest of that team and i'm very curious how he he uses Kristaps porzingis because spoiler alert porzingis is my x factor and we'll get into that <laughs> later down the road of this well, episode we media day has already passed and i mean i don't want to fully jump into the porzingis rabbit hole just yet but uh media day has passed and they made it very clear that he's gonna be playing power forward this year and I, i'm indifferent about it because i do think he's a center but i also see positives with him playing the four he's just i don't know we we need to see nick's kp and i think at center or power forward i i don't think it matters what position he's at unless he has that same mentality he did when he was in new york well here's my thing i think that especially if he's gonna be playing the four the offense ain't even gonna be the issue it's the defense because when he was on the knicks he was i I would he was very young but for the time being he was an elite rim protector and that would do wonders for the Mavs because they haven't been getting that porzingis these past few years so yeah i I think that it starts on the defensive end yeah they uh defense was one of their issues their big issues last year um i think they were they were 20th in defensive rating and on offense which is actually a big a big thing i'm worried about and why kp i'm looking so hard at kp for this season uh they were 26th in assists Mm. now no good team is ever going to be contending with 20 being 26 in assists but luca is so damn great (laughs) that he makes up for all of that um but he needs somebody he needs somebody else who's going to put the ball in the basket i think we saw that team's weaknesses um and where they were extremely limited outside of luca on offense because it was basically the luca show and everyone getting some here and there yeah and then as soon as the fourth quarter came and Luca was out of gas, there was no one else to pick up the pieces. Yeah, and you know, looking at the roster, going, going doubling back to the Porzingis point, uh, I almost feel like he's playing power forward out of necessity because the Dallas Mavericks are loaded at the center position. They have Moses Brown, who is the new addition that we'll get into because I actually really like Moses Brown. Willie Colley Stein is back. Then you still have uh, Dwight Powell, who is recovering from injury. They still got Boban. And Boban, yeah. And, you know, that's four right there. Then I don't know if you consider Maxi a center. I like him at power forward, you know. But they have a lot of big men. And, you know, and they have Nico Melli, too. I don't know if you're familiar. He was he was decent for the uh, Pelicans. He was a decent uh, floor spacer. But... Yeah, they are loaded at the big man position. So, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and rip Porzingis because I do think there's an avenue where he's he could be that guy, you know? Because we've seen it. And granted, it was a very slight glimpse, but we've seen it. And I, I give him a little bit of slack because I know the injury that he had, especially for a big man, isn't exactly the easiest to like bounce back from fully. You know, I know it takes some time. 
but th- th- this season's the season where he's got to show us because again having a generational talent like Luka Doncic you cannot be playing around so I feel like this is the year yeah so as, as far as KP is concerned um he was out for the 18-19 season for the ACL injury yeah um 2019-2020 rolls around and obviously that key season gets cut short because of COVID comes back for for the the the, the bubble mm-hmm. and then you know two months later after that championship champion is crowned the next season started well let me let me say this too let me say this too before you finish he actually looked good in the bubble when they had that series with the clippers he looked really good he was destroying them granted oh, they were eating if he didn't if that one game when he got ejected they would have won if he didn't get ejected and if he and i'm pretty sure he got hurt didn't he in that series yeah yeah if i'm pretty sure if he didn't get hurt in that series they were ousting them boys yeah and that was against a uh, that wasn't just against no joe Schmo. that was the clippers with Kawhi and pg granted their interior presence wasn't that great but it's still Kawhi and pg you know that's that's nothing to scoff at and he was looking good and then even even this year in the playoffs against that same clippers team he looked pretty good and you know i feel like he looked good but he wasn't there when you needed him the most yeah that i think that was the biggest issue like every fourth quarter it when you needed a bucket that wasn't Luka Doncic, it just wasn't there. And and he has to be that guy. You know, he's he's averaging the last two seasons, he's averaged 20 a game. Pretty much a solid 20 a game. 20 and 9. Uh 20 and 9 boards. And but we've gotta we've gotta feel that presence when the game matters the most. And I feel like that's just not what happened last season. Yeah, and you know, I think that it's tough because even if you look at this offseason, right, he was complaining about the system and how he was a, just a floor spacer and how he wasn't getting certain touches that he needed and all this stuff, which, you know, could be attributed to a uh, Carlisle issue, you know. But I think it's time for him to just, like, stop complaining because there was there was clear times where he would be on the block with a, a guard on him right oh yeah he is like, he was like notorious like out there. yeah he he's notorious for having a mismatch and not being able to capitalize and at the end of the day that's nobody's fault but your own i don't care who you blame the coach the schemes that that, that right there happened way too many times and it was nobody's fault but your own you know yeah and you know i i think that there's a certain lack of aggression there and it has to be said and what i feel like is another important thing for him to really like fully accept i don't think they can excel the team until he fully accepts it because even at this point i don't think he's fully accepted it is that luca is the man and there's no (laughs) there's like no debate at all and it never will be he's this is luca's team you know yeah, so, shit, it's gonna be Luca's league in about yeah, exactly. four years, <laughs> and that's something, that's something to feel you know like bad about. He's one of the arguably top ten players in the league, you know. So, but you you gotta know that you can't 
keep complaining about oh it's just i'm getting luca scraps and all this stuff of course you're getting luca scraps he's one of the most talented offensive players in the league but he needs to do most with what he's given you know and i hope that jason kidd's schemes will aid him in that you know but at the end of the day i feel like it's more so on him it's a it's a more it's more of a porzingis issue than anything else i agree and uh that might be another another indictment on carlisle a bit yeah um in in the last few seasons or not even last few seasons within the last 10 years he's had some run-ins with a few of the players um that he's had uh namely rondo and kp where they just aren't he just doesn't see eye to eye with them or they're just they're just unhappy with with the way he does things um i don't know i'm not in the locker room with them and stuff to to yep. know the ins and outs but you know i'm gonna say as a coach you're you're gonna have to that that's on him you know he's gonna have to figure out a way he he would have had to figure out a way to appease kp to get the most out of him i mean that's what a coach is uh they're there to try and get the most out of their players so yeah i hope jason kidd has the ability to pull that out of him um i think it's it's imperative you know if they're gonna end up doing any sort of damage in the west uh kp has to be that that secondary go-to guy when luca's on the bench we gotta know that the offense isn't dropping off and that KP is going to play like the number one option that he probably thinks he is in his head. No, I I agree. And I think that um, for the most part, this roster is built for that. And I feel like this is a surrounding KP with shooters and people who could back him up in the paint. It will it's a nice spot for him there's definitely a lot worse places in the league that Porzingis could be with you know but. yeah speaking of that as far as like improving their defense um their two new newest additions were uh Reggie Bullock who's a pretty good 3 and D guy yeah and uh Frank uh Nittel, Nicotin, Nicot- yeah Nicotina yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um both known for their defense uh reggie for his threes as well uh frank for nothing but his defense he has yeah, no offensive game whatsoever for game winners yeah so. yeah but uh you know that's i can see that the mavs are trying to improve on the defensive end yeah. and uh, you forgot about their most promising new addition in my opinion moses brown oh yeah moses brown I actually forgot that he ended up getting shipped over there because yeah. I remember him getting shipped to the Celtics and being hyped for you. Yeah. And yeah. then he just got flipped right off, right Honestly, around. For the best because uh, that whole Josh Richardson experiment was a mistake. So. <sighs> Who are you telling, man? I, I, All right. Miami was living with trying to make him their number one option about yeah. three years ago before we pulled, we pulled the coup that got jimmy butler and turned our entire franchise around and then if we backtrack even more and i again this is a lot of hypotheticals but it's it very well could have been reality they traded seth curry for him now when you think okay it's seth curry or whatever no seth curry's had a very nice year with the sixers and you know i think 
if you ask them, they would reverse that trade 10 times over. Yeah, I thought that was a huge like mistake. They need someone like Seth Curry next to Luka Doncic who could hit, th- kick out threes. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was the, that was a huge mistake last year. And I yeah. think that oh, they they sorely missed Seth Curry in that playoff series against the Clippers last year. Yeah. It, the thing about Josh Richardson, he's, he's a very streaky shooter. And Seth Curry has improved drastically on his efficiency and he's been he's become a pretty reliable guy especially he's he's been in a lot of uh, whether we realize it or not he's been in a lot of important games over the past few seasons he's had important games in the playoffs with portland with uh dallas and now with the sixers you know so he's he's a seasoned playoff kind of whether we realize it or not so i think seth gets slept on just because he's not steph well yeah and nobody's Steph so yeah but I mean the man shoots I think he shoots obviously he doesn't shoot the volume that Steph does but he has a higher shooting percentage from three than Steph does you know like it's still saying something to be able to to hit like that and and letting him go for Josh Richardson at the end of the day if I'm a playoff team I want Seth Curry on my team I don't care who I am I want Seth Curry on my team oh yeah for sure yeah, he may not be great on defense, but you throw him out there in a second unit to go cook for a bit, and you bring him back in, bring him, reel him back into the bench. You know what I mean? When uh, Luca yeah. was out, you missed his ability to yeah. to get a bucket. But getting back to getting back to Moses Brown, though, I like his potential defensively for this team. You know, I could definitely see him being a, a runner to the basket for Luca to get some, you know, some nice lives and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I think that he he's 21, so that's that's ridiculous. And I was really hoping to see him in in Boston. I, you know what? I was too, but I, I don't even want to. I don't even want to go there, Jason. I don't even... <laughs> <laughs> like I just wanted to see him in a situation where he could actually like get the minutes and the time to to really like show out i think in this rotation of big men yeah he might break out and he might like solidify well, himself think, in that role who do we but think that they're starting you think they're starting willie collie yeah for sure okay because okay. i know that kleber for sure is going to get his minutes off the bench and hopefully moses because again i i uh we we know Jason Kidd with his experience with the Bucks, but the thing is, is that that whole team was young. So of course, he, like we don't really know how he's gonna handle uh, the young guys like Moses, Josh Green, uh, even Tyrell Terry, who we can get into. Is, is somebody I really like. I don't know if you're familiar with Tyrell Terry, but um, he was he was an elite shooter at Stanford in college, and you know I I think his game translates really well to the nba he uh he didn't get much burn last year so he didn't exactly have the the best rookie year last year um he averaged one point a game but he got (laughs) five minutes but i think if they threw him out there a little bit more because at the end of the day if you're playing guys like trey burke over him it's like come on like Trey Burke's a nice player, but you got to give these young guys who could really be something next to Luca an opportunity as well, you know? So, 
and Josh Green is, you know, I, I like Josh Green a lot too. I think he has some nice offensive potential and potential as a facilitator. He's a combo guard who I feel I'd feel pretty comfortable having the ball in his hands when Luke is not out there. So, yeah. Man, so where do you think these Mavericks, like how many wins do you think they get and where does that sit them in the West? So, uh, I... I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent, but I promise you it all makes sense in the end. <clears throat> Luka Doncic will be the 2021-22 NBA MVP. And okay. I firmly believe that. And, you know, I don't think that could happen unless they are a top four team in the West. Now, I think that when we really look at it, the Nuggets are hampered. So are the Clippers. The Blazers actually might have gotten worse are the are the nuggets really hampered though yes they i are. mean not having jamal murray is big but i mean that's just more touches after another year for Mar for uh, michael porter jr yeah. uh they've still got the reigning mvp in Jokic. No, no, no. the nuggets are not trash but i'm saying that they're not they're not uh having a guy like jamal murray matters or not having a guy like jamal murray matters you know so they're not bad i mean they're still gonna have a good record they just well really i think happy. with jamal murray they're shooting for a one or and two seed yeah. and without jamal murray they're sitting at four or five yeah yeah so then we have the warriors who i feel like aren't exactly it i like them i like their playoff chances but especially with this whole wiggins stuff going on and clay not coming back uh till maybe christmas they're not a a lock for top five then you have the Suns, who i like them i and i i wouldn't be shocked if they were top five i also wouldn't be shocked if they were a six seed you know that that may be me sleeping on them i don't know we will see another year with the deandre ains progression but you know i don't exactly know where they're gonna be at last year was a very weird year then you have the jazz who were the one seed last year um i like them but there's been multiple years now where they've kind of been in the same spot and they're they're not going to be that uh that young team that we're happy that they're just you know can fighting for a chance anymore like they got to actually do something you know and i also feel like with those kind of teams there's a little bit of burnout and i don't see them maybe trying as hard in the regular season who knows you know um basically what i'm getting at here is there's a wide open chance for the mavericks to be a top four seed top four seed this year you know yeah and that a lot of that has to do with me just believing in luca and that jason kidd can figure out a way to help porzingis get it together but i think that uh they're gonna have a lot of wins this year and take advantage of a lot of teams who are either hampered or just don't care so yeah that's i, I feel like the like we mentioned in our in our other episode how the east is sneaky strong not that the west is weak per se but i feel like it's weaker than a lot of people kind of just assume you know like there's there's a there's a big opportunity for them here uh i also have them sitting at in, in my notes i have them sitting four or five yeah um okay. i'd probably bet on the four and uh that so probably who do, we, who do we guaranteed like more than them the lakers lakers jazz 
maybe the Nuggets, and that's it. Uh, I I struggle to say like the Nuggets at three though. Well, I like them better than the Clippers and the Warriors. And Honestly, I think that the Clippers are going to be a lot better off than, than people think. Not that, you know, obviously it sucks to not have Kawhi and that's going to hurt, but PG being forced to be the man again with the, you know, the depth that they have, I think they're going to be just fine. And and uh, don't get me wrong, I like that uh, Terrence Mann's going to have a huge opportunity to, you know, really show if he's going to be something or not, you know? Um but they're not, I don't think they're going to be trash. They just have Paul George. But uh, top five seed? Nah, I don't know. I can see them being a six seed. And I, I do like the Nuggets more than them, for sure. And we know when we're getting Jamal Murray back. We're getting him at least all-star breaker before that, you know? We have no idea when Kawhi is coming back. True. If he's coming back. If he comes, yeah, right? Because, yeah, he could be ready, but we know Kawhi. Yeah. He might just be like, nah, I'm just going to, for my health and safety, I'm just going to sit it out until the next season. And and again, not to get too much in the Clippers or whatever, but it's a weird year because am I really picking them over the Lakers, the Nets, even the Bucks? Or the, you know, like, I don't necessarily see them doing anything this year. So, with Kawhi. So. Yeah. Like you said, oddly enough, the, Cl- the, the West is, is hampered by injuries. Like... <laughs> like you're you're waiting to see when clay comes back you're waiting to see if Kawhi comes back you're waiting to see if jamal murray comes back to see how the outcome of the top four seeds are and i think all three of those teams are interchangeable with the lakers in one two three four when in when completely healthy yeah and then that's that's not even you know with the jazz still sitting there somewhere yeah. in that mix too so it's kind of it's weird like you said um but i do think that the mavericks will probably slit slide into that fourth seed um since it's the west a fourth seed is sitting at like 50 something wins probably on the low end of 50 wins yeah um like look at the bottom of the west the rockets the thunder the timberwolves the kings the pelicans and the spurs like fam that the only the only one that is out of the top eight in my opinion that i like is like the grizzlies and you know i don't I, they didn't necessarily what they have pat no pat Bev went to Timberwolves. who do they who did they uh the mavs got i mean no, the, the grizzlies got they, steven adams didn't they they traded bledsoe for uh run they waived all those dudes huh yeah yeah you know what they have steven adams now because they traded uh valentunas yeah so you know what what uh what exactly that does for them i'm not sure because they're kind of the same player valentinus a little more talented offensively but i mean you know what does that really do for you and then um just got to see what you know another year of jaws development yeah jaron jackson being healthy for sure but that um, too no i i like the mavericks chances in this west to be a, a, a high seed and like i mentioned before i think Luka Doncic will be a top three uh, leading scorer in the league. So I think all those things, I think his assists are going to go up, being surrounded by all these shooters. Um, I think they're going to have a really good year. Yeah. um, As far as ceiling and floor go, I'm looking at the Mavericks as a Western Conference Finals as their ceiling. 
Okay. And and, yeah, uh, and I think their floor is the second round. I don't think they lose in the first round again. I think it depends on who they play. Because if they're if they're uh, uh, it's tough. Because all right, let me ask you this: Do you think that the Mavs are a team who might get a little antsy at the deadline? Maybe make a move. Depends on how things are going. Because I feel like they're a move away from... As it stands right now, as much as I just went on about how much I love their team or whatever, they could still very much lose in the first round, in my opinion. And I feel like they're a trade away from being like one of those locked teams, like the Nuggets or Lakers. I think it really depends on where they sit. If they sit where we think they're going to sit at four or five, they are easily... I think they can get out of a 4-5 matchup, uh, no matter oh, who it is. Is it a guarantee? No. Um, but if they slip to like 6, I don't think they're getting out of that matchup. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I'm saying their floor is the second round, because if, if we're just looking at where I expect them to be, yeah, I think they get out of the first round. They just got to figure out a way to get out of that second round to hit their ceiling yeah. of uh, a Western Conference Finals. Yeah. And, you know, as, as much as I hate to... And again, I'm kind of jumping the gun. But as much as I hate to say this, because it's kind of weird to, for this sentence to escape my lips, but I feel like Tim Hardaway Jr. is their X Factor and in, in whether or not they're going to be, you know, a lock for the second round. Like... Yeah, I I got I got Tim Hardaway and KP as as their X factors. Like yeah. everything pretty much rides on them. Um, he had a I nice think, performance last year. Yeah, he was, was cool. Really, yeah, but that's the thing. He's he's just cool. Like yeah. we're not, I, I feel like we've seen the best of Tim Hardaway Jr. already. Yeah, and it's like I said, a lot of it has to just it's it's the, the timely uh, buckets that need yeah. to happen. Uh, we didn't see it enough for them to get out of that first round with the Clippers. And it seems to be, you know, the, the Mavericks have been a one-trick pony for two seasons. And, and that needs to change. And the only way that's going to change is if Tim Hardaway and KP step up. You know what you're going to get from Luka, period. Like, every you're, you're going to get the same production from Luka regardless. It's just who else is going to show up to the show. And I'm a big, big Jalen Brunson guy. I love Jalen Brunson. Um, Maxi Cleaver has been a nice floor spacer for them but i mean like again that's that's really it's really it dorian finney smith's a nice complimentary piece um i hope that uh reggie bullock will eat up a lot of those uh bench minutes for sure because i like him next to porzingis um they got sterling brown too it's another addition who is kind of that reggie bullock style too where he could he could be that three and d wing um but yeah like it's really luca kp and a lot of shooters yeah (laughs) and uh yeah we're gonna see how that fares and and what it exactly jason kidd's vision for this team is maybe jason kidd unlocks like the unicorn freak and like kp starts bringing the ball down the floor (laughs) and like dunking on people on some Giannis well, shit at the end of the day 
as talented as Luca is, his biggest weakness is off ball. And if we could, you know, allow him to, because that's the thing, he has no choice. He has to be that guy for his team to win sometimes, you know? Yeah. If we could give him that freedom to explore that part of himself as a player a little bit more, I feel like that'll only help him in the long run. So, but again, he has to be able to do that because I'm not doing that if that sacrifices wins, you know? So, right. Yeah, and then I think the the last thing you really just got to look for, like we stated in the beginning of the, the episode, is, uh, you know, the Jason Kidd effect. Yeah. How is How, how are the players going to take to him? Um, I think this is when we're going to really find out whether he's a, um, a legit, you know, NBA long-term coach, or is he a Scott Skiles where... <laughs> you bring him in and you kind of get some results the first year and then he just kind of wears day, on you. At the end of the day, he's not only been a player on a championship team, but now he's also been a coach on a championship team. Yes. So he knows what it takes in that regard too. And we left out the whole thing about, uh, we know that Dirk has some type of relationship with the team. I don't know if it's like consulting or I forgot what exactly it was, but I think it's good to have him and uh, Jason Kidd in the locker room like that being from that 2011 championship team that uh you know saved her carlisle's coaching career but um yeah. <laughs> i also think he's just he's learned he had to have learned yeah. i hope he's learned because jesus if he didn't um you know he, he took it frank vogel his again his biggest weakness on the bucks was his defensive schemes and frank vogel is a very good defensive coach so hopefully he learned something from him and he's able to apply that to the Mavericks, but um, yeah, like it, 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 I feel like as much as it rides on KP on his own just being better, I think a lot of it rides on Jason K too and what he's bringing to the table. But, yeah, yeah, it's gonna whatever happens, you know, it's gonna be entertaining, and we're gonna. It's a Mark team. It's always going to be entertaining. Yeah, we're going to be rooting for Luke. Luca is a generational talent. Like I said earlier, this is his league in like four years. Um, hey, you know what's crazy? I wouldn't even be shocked if we were at All Star Weekend and they're naming out the seventy five greatest players, and Luca got him a jacket. In the I mean, I. I'm kidding, shoot. of course. But I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, he's hey. close. Hey, bud, if he starts going, like, hella ham this first half of the season before they, like, put those votes in, he yeah. might slip in, bro. I'm telling you, he's... Luca is... When you look at uh, the, all the new talent that's came in the league, I'm 99% sure you're not taking anybody before him, you know, in the past five five to six years, you know? Uh, oh, like, no. You're not taking anybody before Luca. So, Yeah. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for for Dallas. They are another team that's going to be on my uh league pass list for sure. Uh I mean any team that's got Luka Luka Doncic on it is prime time, you know. And uh we'll see. Maybe maybe ends up being that uh turning out that MVP season. But uh, I think that's all we got for the Mavericks. Uh overall it just comes down to uh are the others gonna step up, and uh, you know, are they gonna are they gonna lock in on defense? 
I think a lot of it too is uh, just shots falling. Like, and I know that that's something you you can and can't control, but it's gonna come down to that. It's just shots falling because there there should be a lot of open looks from the arc with Luca and the way he's able to you know create for other people. So right, he draws a lot of attention. Yeah, and hopefully Porzingis will do the same, and that'll only help help their team in the long run. Yeah. But uh, that's all we got for you guys uh, this episode. Uh, We'll be seeing you next time. Peace. Peace.